0: All right, who's ready to be more conformed into the image of Jesus? Yes. We know the Scripture in Romans 8 talks about how He works all things together for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. But the next verse talks about He predestined us to the conformity of Jesus. And so all the things that have happened to us and that are happening to us and that will happen to us are for the purpose of conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. Okay, we need to really lodge that into our mind, into our heart. That's, that's the Father's will for your life. If you don't know what God's will for your life is, I just told you, He's going to conform you into the image of Jesus so that you would walk as He walked. Not just in character, but also in signs and wonders. We want the whole thing, all right? I know we're going after character things in here, but even for me, I'm like, Lord, I want to see more signs and wonders and miracles through my life. I mean, I haven't arrived. Maybe you have. Maybe you can pray for me, but I want to see those things happen. I really do. But tonight, we're going to focus on character transformation, so we're going to hit chapter one. If you did not get the intro from last week, I, I highly recommend you do that. That just helps to uh, set some framework for where we're going. So go, you can go on uh, the social media page and replay that, and you can um, get the book as well and work through it. But let's pray, and uh, let's get to work. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you that you care for your people. Father, that your hand is able to reach us. God, your hand is able to reach the places in our heart that we don't want you to reach into. But Lord, we give you permission tonight. Father, we humble ourselves and we say that you know what's best. You are a good father and you know what's best for us because we are your children. We are the clay, you are the potter. And God, we thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit, that he will come, he will expose lies. And reveal the truth to us. So Holy Spirit, come as the spirit of truth tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So the flow of tonight, so I'm going to teach for a little bit, and then we're going to have a response time. And um, so there's three areas. Tonight we're going to hit anger, offense, and unforgiveness. And so I'm just going to, at the end, I'll call for those who are struggling with anger to maybe go over there. Offense over here in this area in the middle, and unforgiveness over there. And you come, and then the deacons will come forward and just pray with you. They're going to pray with you. That's important, okay? This is your work to do, okay? They can't just, you know, pray unforgiveness out of you. If they could, this would all be a lot easier, right? But they're going to pray with you, okay? Just come alongside of you and pray. Uh, Maybe ask you a couple questions to get you talking. I'll I'll hit a little bit of that here in a moment. But that'll be the the flow of tonight, and as I'm speaking, um, I'm believing the Holy Spirit is going to reveal some things to you. He knows your history. He knows your heart. He knows what has happened to you, so He will bring things to remembrance. Things that maybe you have never thought of in a long time. Probably things you've been stuffing for a long time. Let him bring it up to you, okay? It may be a random thought like, that person, I don't even know what that person has to do with anything. Maybe he brought that person to remembrance because they did something to you, and he's (laughs) going to bring more uh, insight into that, okay? So just let the Lord speak to you. Because obviously, I can't cover every little thing that has happened to everyone in the room. I can't hit every little, you know, crook and nanny, but the Lord can do that. So um, let him do that. And then I brought the tools out here tonight just as an illustration Y'all ready to get to work here? Okay. If our heart is like a garden, we got to get the weeds out. Okay. We got to do some work. I don't even know what all these are used for. Barry does, but I don't know. I just thought bring. You can show me. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone, Barry will show you tomorrow morning in the in the front yard. There he'll show you. All right. Yeah. All right. I was an athlete, so I didn't have to really do stuff outside. I cut the grass, and then I was in the gym, so. I don't know, that was my story, but anyways. Okay, anger. This first part one, we're going to hit three parts tonight. Part one is anger. Anger is very interesting. I, I would say this, I believe there are more people angry in the church than what we would give credit for. We just do a really good job of not showing it. Because we know it's wrong. And I'm not talking about righteous anger, God's, you know, holy, righteous anger. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about sinful anger. That we in our hearts, we stuff anger because we know we're not supposed to be angry. And so tonight, I want you to ask the Lord Lord, am I actually angry about something in my life? What am I angry about? Why do I walk around so frustrated all the time? Why do I always feel like there's this crazy tension in my life and I just can't get rid of it? It may have something to do with anger. Look at this first quote here. Anger, even for the cause of righteousness and truth, that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit and the principles of God's Word, will destroy God's people and the witness of the gospel. The problem is, anger is like a fire. It can be used for heating and cooking, or it can burn down the house. Okay? Anger in the hands, if we have anger in our hearts, a righteous anger, the hand of the Lord can use that to help destroy the works of the devil, right? The Lord can utilize that. But if we have sinful anger in our hearts, the devil will totally use that to destroy relationships and to destroy God's people. And you can get a little sense of this. I've gone out to the abortion clinic a couple times, and we're standing out there for a great cause. But in my heart, I sense, mo- it seems like almost most of, uh, of the people who go out there, there's anger. There's an unrighteous anger. They're angry at the person. They're angry at people for making the wrong decisions. And I-, I can see why they would do that. But we need to be more angry at the works of the devil. Some people, they don't know what they do. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know. So what does the Bible say about Anger. The Bible says a lot about anger. I know we use the one verse about, like, don't let the sun go down on your anger. We use that as kind of a tool to be like, it's okay to be angry. But the Bible warns us way more about not being angry than being angry, and then it's okay. There's a lot of warnings about anger. The one quote says, anger is one letter short of danger. So, anger. Look at the definition here. Violent passion any violent commotion of the mind. This kind of anger includes the desire for vengeance and punishment. That's really important there. If you have anger in your heart and you are desiring to get vengeance on someone or you're desiring to see someone punished, that's not godly anger. Jesus came not to destroy men's life, but to save them. He didn't come to destroy. He came to save. He came to show mercy. And we're called to do the very same. Let's look at some of these scriptures here. Proverbs 22, uh, 24, number four there. Make no friendship with the man given to anger, nor go with the wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and set a snare for your soul. Number five, a fool gives vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Number seven there, Ecclesiastes, be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Look at number 10 on the next page, Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. The Bible gives strong indication that most, not all, of your anger leads to your downfall. Being angry is not a sin itself, but what you do with your anger can be sinful. Sinful anger is typically rooted in what has happened to you and your desire to get revenge or to prevent something from happening to you. This is crucial here. It is typically focused on protecting and defending self, not God. focus on protecting defending yourself and not the lord in his word right we get in an argument with our spouse when we, we get angry because they're attacking something in here they're not attacking the lord they're attacking something in us and so therefore we get angry at them in determining whether you possess god's righteous anger or or carnal anger you must first learn why you are angry so this talking about why you're angry is really going to get to the root of some of these things. But skip down to right there where it says results of anger. Here's what we use anger for. Just want to put this out there. Okay, let the Lord speak to you. Why do you use anger? Number one, to gain control of the situation. You're losing the battle. You're in an argument with your spouse or a friend. So what do you do? You get angry to show them, hey, I'm actually in control. I'm the leader here. You shut up. Be quiet. We just get angry. Number two, we do it to intimidate others so that they will do what we want them to do. Anger is a form of intimidation. We get loud hoping that they will back down. And if they don't back down and they start yelling at us, we get louder to show them, to try to push them in the corner, to intimidate them. Number three, we use it to manipulate others. I want to manipulate them. And four, we use it to cover up my hurt, my pain. Someone's getting a little too close to the stuff inside of me, so I just get angry. I saw my mom and dad do that to each other, to each other so I figured I'd do the same thing. I saw it growing up. It was the way to get people to do what you want them to do. So people get too close to me, it's going to outburst of anger why not? And number five, keep people at a distance. So if you're an angry person, you're probably a lonely person. No one probably knows you deeply because someone gets too close, you get upset with them. Is this hitting home for anyone? Is this making sense? Okay, go back up. Roots of anger. So these are the lies that we and experiences that fuel your anger. Okay. After each of these, it's really good to ask how did how did this make me feel? So, like number one, I experienced unfair treatment or betrayal by someone. You get angry because whenever you sense someone's about to betray you or treat you unfairly, you get angry. And so the lie is someone's about to betray you. You start thinking, "Man, I feel so unimportant because growing up, my dad he would always make a make a promise he wouldn't come through on it." Felt unfair, felt betrayed, made me feel so unimportant, so lonely. And now you're a grown up, and someone doesn't make a you know doesn't come through on their commitment, and so little same feelings come up. I feel so unimportant. Don't feel valued, don't feel loved. All of a sudden, you're believing that's the lie you believe. You're not valued or loved. That's the lie. Number two, I don't understand why things happened the way they did. That's huge. I remember when I thought this was God's will for my life, a certain path, and it wasn't that way, and I realized I didn't get my way, I got angry with the Lord. I remember he told me three words, and it, it revealed how much anger was in my heart towards God if I didn't get my way. One guy prophesied to me concerning my call. I thought I was ready to be released. Brother said, Here the Lord saying, no, not yet. And like for two weeks, I was angry. And it wasn't his fault. It was already in me. The Lord was showing me, like, Brandon, when you don't get your way, you just get angry. So he had to, he had to reveal it to me. Sometimes when we don't know what God is doing, we get angry. We get frustrated. He delays on a promise, and then he delays a little bit more, and he delays again. And guess what? We're angry at him. We don't like feeling stupid. We don't like feeling like we don't know what's going on. And so the Lord uses that, though, right? He's conforming us into the image of Jesus. He uses that get the anger out of our hearts so that we might trust him but a lot of times god i can't trust you nope you delayed you didn't come through for me you're not trustworthy number three i still get angry because i fear being or feeling trapped Think about when you are trapped. You feel like you're put in a corner. How does that make you feel? Not very good. Being in a position where you feel like you're trapped means that people can do to you whatever they want to do to you. That stirs some stuff in you. Number four, I feel misunderstood or overlooked. This is huge. Some of us are walking with anger because we feel like no one understands us. feel like people overlook us. And there's a a need within the human heart. Every, Every human heart in here, there's a longing in us to know and to be known, to love and to be loved, to see and to be seen. But when we get overlooked, it shows maybe we don't have value. We're not important. That will... Plant some, some bitter seeds in your heart of anger. So now when my wife makes me feel like I'm not important, when she overlooks me or cuts me, off in a, cuts me off in a conversation, we're doing some work tonight. She cuts me off in a conversation. I just get upset. I'm tired of her cutting me off. I feel like I'm not important when she does that to me. Number five, I get angry because I must protect myself from being shamed, disrespected, humiliated, or embarrassed. So think about that. When you get embarrassed, when you get shamed, how does that make you feel? Not very good. It feels like, man, I have to protect myself. No, No one's here to protect me. Who's going to protect me? I had no protection growing up. Therefore, God as a father. You don't know how to protect me. I have to fend for myself. And that's why you're walking around angry because you're angry at God. He doesn't know how to protect you. He's an unfit father. He doesn't care. He'll just let people do whatever to you. So you're angry at him. Number six, I'm unwilling and too immature to exercise self-control. So some of you may have anger issues because you're rebelling against the Lord. There's maybe no deep root. There's maybe nothing to, you know that's ever happened to you, but you maybe just thought that was a cool thing to do. You maybe saw it when you were growing up, but you just get angry because you want to. Can I tell you that's rebellion? The Lord tells us not to do that, yet you'll do it anyways. Number seven, need deliverance from demonic oppression. So anytime someone just disturbs you a little bit, something in you just rises up every single time. It's almost uncontrollable. That means you probably need some deliverance. So tonight is the night. Number eight, here's what I believe. I believe all anger in our hearts, it really does trace back to God. I believe all of our anger, frustration, being upset in life, or about this person or that person, I believe it all traces back to God because we know that He's sovereign. Yeah, come on. He's in control. He allows things to happen. Like, He could have totally made it not happen, but guess what? It happened right he could have stopped that you know for whatever happened to you growing up he could have stopped that from happening he could have gave you different parents he could have raised you in a different home he could have gave you a chance like something better i don't know anything but no the lord put you in that situation he allowed it to happen and he was nowhere to be found that's real if you if you think that if that's if that's in your heart like you need to own it, tonight's the night where we're not going to stuff it and say oh it's no no God you're just you're you're good like just believe you're good. No, if you really if you're thinking that, talk to Him about it. He says, "Come to Me." He's not a, he, you're not going to offend God because you think that. I mean, He already knows you're thinking that, but you need to get out. Say, Lord, like man. My experience tells me this, and I feel this way or that way. And I need your help. I need you to take your word and take your truth and put it into my heart because I'm really struggling to believe it. So, here's the thing tonight. So, if you feel like you, you know, have anger issues... And you feel like you can't let it go. Number two there, at the rerouting anger, when I start to feel angry, I must. This is really important. You must consider Jesus. Jesus had every right to be angry. Anyone has a right to be angry. Jesus, he came to his own, and they did not even receive him. He can't I mean he creates the universe he creates you and me he has a plan for all of us we get to participate in the gospel we get to participate in all these things with him and yet we reject him openly I mean he has every right to be angry he really does yet he chose to forsake it he chose to show mercy he chose to forgive and so if you're thinking in your heart right now, Lord, I'm just not ready to stop being angry at so-and-so. I just can't give it up. I can't do it. I don't want to. I, it, no, Lord, talk to them. It's their fault. I'm going to blame them, etc. Whatever you're saying in your heart toward, about anger towards the other person to the Lord, consider Jesus. Just think about him. Hebrews talks about consider him lest you become weary and discouraged in your own soul. If you think your experiences are w- way more extravagant than Jesus and what you've been through and he, you know, he has nothing on your story, you're going to get really discouraged and weary in your own soul. Really discouraged real quick. But if you consider him, think about him, what he's been through. And think about how he wants to walk with you towards healing, t- towards wholeness. Okay, part two. Overcoming offense. Uh, John Bevere wrote a book called The Bait of Satan. It's really good. Here's what he, he, he made two points about Offense in that first paragraph next to number one. But he says, those who have been treated, uh, yeah, he places people who are dealing with offense in two categories. And he says, those who have been treated unjustly and those who believe they have been treated unjustly. Mm -hmm. In other words, some of us walk around with no reason to be offended, but we're just offended. Mm -hmm. Nothing's really, maybe, I don't know, someone maybe like, I don't know, took your lunch as a kid. And, you know, you're just like still holding on to that or just something new. not really a big deal, but we still walk around offended, upset. It, it's the victim card. Like everything happened, you know, bad things always happen to me. They always do. Like always. So you woke up this morning and you could breathe because God put breath in your lungs, but bad things always happen to you, right? Always. Every time, Always. And he asks this question. He says, if you've been genuinely mistreated, do you have the right to be offended? I know we know the answer to that. And we're all going to say, no, of course not, Brother Brandon. Like, no, I just let it go. Well, if you believe that, then why do you, why do we, why do I still walk around offended? If you've been genuinely mistreated, do you still have the right to be offended answering that question honestly is going to reveal a lot look at the passage of scripture ecclesiastes verse uh, chapter 7 he says it says this also do not take to heart everything people say lest you hear your servant cursing you for many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others It's just a reminder when we think that someone has offended us and we're upset at them for this, that, and the other. Think about how many times you've probably offended someone and did the same thing. Look what Jesus says in the next scripture, Matthew 5. But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. That's offensive. Someone literally slaps you on the cheek. We were at uh, Jonathan's birthday yesterday at his house, and he's playing with Josie, and Josie just like smacks him right in the face. Oh yes, yeah, she did. Sorry, but we didn't tell you. I was like, no, don't do that, Josie. But then I thought, you know what? Jesus said if someone slacks you on the cheek, Jonathan, turn the other one. Josie, get him again. He's offended, so he'll be in the middle tonight up here. Come on up. We want to pray for Jonathan right now. Let's just go ahead. He goes on to say, if anyone wants to sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak also. No, Jesus, I'm offended. I'm just going to be upset. Leave me alone. I'm not going to give him more. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him two. No, Lord, I'm offended. How dare you ask me to go another mile? Who do you think you are? Do you know who I am? Give to him who asks, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. You may be sons of your Father in heaven. Pray for those who spitefully use you. Who in here likes to be used? We, we really don't, but can I tell you, we need to get used to it a little bit. Was Jesus not used? But someone comes in and they start using us and, and we just, we're ready to fight. We are just guns out blazing. No, like, nope. So, what is offense? This is really interesting. It's a trap or a stumbling block to cause to stumble and fall, a trap set to trip one. Laying a trap in someone's way, enticement to sin. In the New Testament, it often describes an entrapment used by the enemy. So right now, if you are offended about something, you're literally in the trap of the devil. It's not the Father's will that you're offended, but you're in a trap by the devil. The devil came to Jesus in the wilderness to tempt him, and it says that he left him for a more opportune time. In other words, he went before Jesus and thought, let me set a trap here, 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 and here. He's got to fall for one of those. And how did he set the traps? He does it through people. He did it through Peter. Lord, you can't be crucified. No. Satan is literally setting traps right now for all of us, and he's going to try to do it through each other. If he can just spread some seeds of offense in, in one church, it'll just blow from the inside out. I mean, like, I can't believe so and so would ever say that about me. We we've hung out with them for so long, and just, and they said that. And yet, here's the thing about offense. Sometimes, if you would actually go and just hear out the whole story, you wouldn't be offended. If you would just hear their heart, maybe it got misinterpreted what they said. If you would just hear out the whole story, you wouldn't be offended. But we go home, and like we, we go home, honestly, and we start speculating, yeah. vain imaginations, all this stuff. Yep. Come on. And if we would just have a little bit of courage and say, hey, when you said this, mm-hmm. it made me feel this way. Okay. Can, you, can you explain it to me? What did you mean by that? that? That would do a whole lot. And I want to tell you, I give you permission to do that. If I say something, I give you permission to come to me. If someone in this room says something, I give you permission to go to them. You don't have to go, don't go to them and just like ready to, (laughs) ready to rip them to shreds. No, go to them and say, hey, I really love you. I really care about you. I value our relationship. But can I just bring up something? You said this or that. It hurt me. It offended me. Can you please just explain, like, what you meant by that? Just start the conversation. Put your guns down. Don't come in with ammunition. Okay? And if someone comes to you about how you offended them, can you please not get defensive and just start justifying it? And and can you please not, like, make it about yourself? Okay? Can you, like... Can you have some maturity to listen to them, to maybe ask them several questions to make sure you understand what they're saying before you just start defending yourself and justifying yourself? Hear them out. Hear them out. It's okay to do that. So Jesus says, Matthew 24, and then many will be offended. They will betray one another, will hate one another. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offenses come. In other words, guys, there are going to be plenty of opportunities for you to become offended. There really are. Plenty. Jesus tells he here's a prophetic word. Guys, offense is coming. It's coming. But Jesus says in Psalm 91, he says how he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. So if you're in the snare tonight of offense, Jesus will set you free from that. So the next part, reasons for offense. All I want to do with some of this here is, once again, like I did with anger, I just want to kind of poke and prod in your heart. To, to sift, to stir some things up. Okay? So, who did this to you? Who rejected you? Who was it? You're offended. You feel like people always reject you. Who rejected you the most? Who rejected you so deeply that you cannot release them? Who made you feel so deeply rejected? that you just can't seem to get over it. How did, that, how did that really make you feel? Number two, you were neglected. Who left? Who was, who was supposed to be there and they were not there? And how did that make you feel? As I mentioned last week, however it makes you feel, there's typically a lie that's right there behind it. It made you feel, when someone so neglected you, it made you feel a certain feeling, so unimportant. Therefore now, that was years ago, but you got saved and you love Jesus, and now you're in covenant community. Yay. And one of the leaders totally forgot the, the lunch appointment with you. Totally slipped her mind. It was me, actually. I, I did it. I totally forgot. <laughs> it made you feel neglected. Man, I, you know what? Brandon thinks I'm not important. So now you walk around Hurt. And then, it start, and then it translates into this. If you don't deal with some of the stuff, it, once I, like with anger, it'll always lead you back to God. Well, you know what? God hasn't been there for me either. I haven't felt his presence in a while. Maybe he's the same as Brandon. And maybe he's the same as my mom and dad way back in the day when they left me. If you don't deal with some of the stuff of neglect and rejection and, and some of these things, it is going to find its way into your future, and it's going to lead you right to God, and God's going to be the same person that did the same thing to you in the past. It'll be all deflected on the Lord. Number three, you experience injustice or unfairness. Number four, you experience cruelty or brutality. Number five, you were betrayed. Who in your family betrayed you? I mean, betrayal is probably one of the most cutting, most severe things that you could feel. Feeling like you could totally trust someone. Maybe it was your ex-husband, your ex-wife. Someone betrayed you. And now today, you can never trust again. You can trust it a little bit. I'll give, I'll get, you know, I'll give this covenant community a try. But as soon as someone, if I smell a trace of betrayal in that person... Nope, and I'll, I'll go try someone else. I'll try this person. Uh, they, it's kind of sketchy too. <laughs> and you just kind, but you just you just linger on the outskirts. <laughs> Everyone's kind of sketchy. Don't really have friends. Why? Because you've never overcome betrayal. It's cut you so deep. And number six, you were abandoned. So if we're going to work through a fence tonight, number one, face your pain. Guys, it's okay to feel. It's okay to feel the pain of it. Don't stuff it. Don't act like it never happened. Oh, it was just end the past, it, it's, all, it's all good. No, No, it's not. It's not all good because you're still affected today. You don't open up your heart to anyone. You don't trust anyone. It's actually like not really fun to be around you because you're so tense all the time. Face your pain. Number two, face your reaction. So a lot of times the things that maybe happen to us, we need to look at like our mistakes. We weren't perfect. You may say, well, man, I was a victim of of whatever they did to you. Well, maybe you should have set boundaries. Maybe you should have said no. You had a role to play. So if you made mistakes, you need to own your mistakes. And number three, face your cross. The cross is the place where the power to overcome offense is released to you. As lies are exposed, the truth is released. Okay, and the power lies in the cross of Jesus. He came to set us free. Okay, that's offense. Part three, forgiveness. Are we doing all right? I I assumed it's going to be a little more quiet, a little more more somber. That's okay, but I I want you to let the Lord speak to you. Okay, there's probably hopefully some things I'm saying that's kind of sticking, that's kind of like, oh, I didn't like that part. Well, that's probably the part the Lord wants to talk to you about. You guys still love me? I appreciate you, Linda. Okay, forgiveness. We know, we know all about forgiveness, right? We know all about it. Look at the two bottom quotes by Joyce Meyer and Corey Tenboom. Your fellowship with God flows freely when you're willing to forgive, but it gets blocked by unforgiveness. It, it does, it gets blocked. There's been, there's so many, and you guys know the story. So and so forgave so and so, and all of a sudden there's physical healing, and it got healed of cancer, yeah, yeah. healed of arthritis. I mean, you guys, you could, we can all tell stories all day long about when someone forgave someone. So, once again, the power of God is released. If we just would kneel and surrender to Jesus, he releases power to us. Corey 10, boom. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperament, temperature of the heart. Sometimes you got to preach your own way into forgiveness. Yes. you got to pray your way through it. Preach it. Pray it. Get on your knees like, Lord, I, your word says it, but gosh, I don't want to. Like, I, this is the last thing I want to do, but Lord, your word says it. I'm going to surrender. I choose to surrender. If you do that, the feelings will follow. Look at this verse in 2 Timothy. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. I think some of this, this when when Paul's writing this letter, okay, yes, we know the world's going to be that way. But this right here applies to just with people in the church like this. There are people in the church who raise their hands, they love Jesus, and they say all those right things, but they're going to be an unforgiving person. So the real reason we carry unforgiveness, okay, we're going to read this. Take a deep breath, take a gulp. Because uh, this is just going to kind of hit you in the face. I don't know how to, or maybe the rake is really going to come out right now. <clears throat> so one of the primary reasons Christians do not forgive is not because they can't or don't know how, but simply because they are unwilling to. Yeah, their heart has hardened, their love has become cold, and their eyes have become fixated on what has happened to them. God, our Father, does not downplay what you have gone through and the pain and trauma you have experienced. God is the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort. He understands your pain, but He does not excuse your unforgiveness. Can you guys receive that? He does not excuse it. God does not elevate your pain and trauma above what he asked you to do, which is to forgive. Is your pain the very thing you will not let go of? Will you hold on to it even at the expense of obedience to God? At this point, your pain has become your idol and stumbling block. Blaming the devil or the person who wronged you won't help. You must recognize that the real reason you are carrying unforgiveness is because your heart has hardened and you are unwilling to let go what has happened to you. So if you have unforgiveness in your heart right now towards someone, you are actively in rebellion against the Lord and His Word. So a couple things about forgiveness here. What forgiveness is not? Okay, I'm not asking you tonight to, to minimize what has happened to you. Okay, once again, if you just minimize it, oh, it's not a big deal. It, it didn't really hurt that bad. Once again, you're stuffing. Okay, and we like to do that because once, we don't want to face the pain. We don't want to look at it. So, oh, that's not, I'm, I'm good, brother, I'm good. But you know in your heart you're not good. Okay, so don't minimize it, but just hold it right before you. Okay, I'm not asking you to lift it all high and the the power of the cross is down here. No, just hold it right here. Okay? Number two, excusing the wrong done to you. Don't excuse it, okay? It happened to you. You don't need to be embarrassed or ashamed about it. It happened to you. Number one and two are really important because those things, those are connecting reality to you. That's that's, That's the lens you see like right there. That really happened to you you need to own it. Don't stuff it. That is the reality you're living out of. Number three, psychoanalyzing a person's nature to explain why they did the wrong to you. Or number four, taking the blame for the wrong done to you. Sometimes we love someone so much that we, will, we, we just can't hold them accountable. Oh, they would just never do that. Yet you're hurt. you're hurt so deeply, but you, just, you love them so much that they just couldn't do that to you. You don't want to blame them. You don't want to, you feel kind of bad for them. Their life has been tough already, but so you feel like you have to cover for them. If you were raised in a really good home and, uh, you know, parents did an awesome job, well, you know, they probably did something that hurt you. But sometimes you feel like, man, they were so good to me. I just could never, like, say they actually hurt me. When they said this little phrase, that's not really a big deal. No, if it if it's hurt you, if it hurt you, that's the reality you're living out of. It's okay to bring it out and talk about it. <clears throat> so here's what forgiveness is. This is crucial, okay? Even with anger and, unfor, and, and offense, forgiveness is facing the specific wrong done to you. So as we are praying tonight, I want you to be specific as possible. That's connected with number two and facing the pain. You need to be as specific as possible when you're talking about forgiveness. I remember one day when I was, de- you know, the Lord was dealing with me about how I view Him, and I, I would wake up every morning and just start repenting. Because I just, I just had a sense of guilt. I just, like, I feel bad. Like, I did something wrong. I, I don't know. Lord, I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And one day he asked me, he said, Brandon, what are you repenting for? And I was like, I don't know, Lord. I just feel like I should. He's like, if you're going to repent, be specific. And I realized, like, well, Lord, I, nothing's coming to mind. Like, I'm being sincere. Like, Lord, sh- search me, you know, and I have nothing to repent for. And he's like, Okay. Then go about your day. I'm like, oh, okay. But we do that. We're so general. We're so vague with God. Like, God, just forgive them. And no, forgive who? Tell me who who are you forgiving and tell me what did they do to you. And tell me how did that make you feel? Now we're talking specifics. Now the lie comes to the surface. Is this making sense? But we're some, we're just so vague and so general and just so just kind of surface level that the Lord can't go deep because we're just not opening up our heart and saying saying certain things. This is huge. Okay, so be specific. Okay. Number three, facing your reaction. Talked about this earlier. You need to face your reaction to the wrong done to you, okay? As we're growing in maturity, that means you have to own up your stuff. And face the cross where truth is released. The power to make the right decision is released to you as you face the cross. When walking through forgiveness, remember too, okay, you guys see, you consider him. Ask the Lord for His perspective is really helpful. But number three, have the conversation. So some of you need to have a conversation with your spouse, with your friend, with, you know, grandpa, grandma, mom and dad, whomever it is. You actually have to have the conversation. Are you going to do that? You have to have a conversation. If we have the conversation, there will be so much breakthrough. Jesus will be glorified. I'm telling you, you guys all said in here that you want to be conformed into the image of Jesus. Okay, no one's saying amen now, okay? (laughs) But we want to be conformed into the image of Jesus, right? So that means we're going to deal with our heart, and we're going to go have conversations. On the next page, 16, I'm just going to mention this. So how to keep your heart clean from unforgiveness. Number two, I want to put this out there. Establish healthy boundaries with unhealthy people. Okay? It's okay to tell someone, hey, you're not going to treat me like this or that. I love you. I really do. I appreciate you. I believe the call on your life. But you're just not going to do that. Okay? It's not good for me, and it's really not good for you. okay let's pray you guys can throw um, throw some music on we're going to pray take a moment just to pray if you have a prayer language you just want to begin to pray gently just ask the Lord to help you to posture your heart Lord I thank you there's no Fear and love, because perfect love casts out all fear. It's a safe place tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and search our hearts. Search our hearts, oh God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. We Thank You, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that You would expose, that You would reveal if we have any anger in our heart. Lord, that You would show us who we are angry at and why we are angry at them. And Lord, I pray... For us that if we have offense in our heart if we're offended at what at someone and and what they've done to us lord if we look at them differently we feel indifferent about them we're offended lord i pray tonight that tonight you would get us out of the trap of the devil And Lord, we pray if there's any unforgiveness in our heart towards anyone, Lord, would You show us? Show us, Lord. Lord, we thank You for the cross of Jesus. We magnify Jesus Christ, that He is the Lord. You are the Lord. Okay, if we all could stand. And we're just going to continue to pray together. If you feel like you have anger issues that you want to thin your heart, I just want you to come on this side tonight. We are a family. 1 Corinthians talks about how we all should have the same care for each other. And so, how many of you care about those who are responding right now? Do you care about them? Okay, a lot of people care about you guys up here, so just stay right here for a second. If you feel like offense, if you're offended at someone and you just, you're struggling with offense, I just want you to come here to the center. How many of us love these brothers coming forward for this? We Love them. We love our sister. Okay, if you feel like you have unforgiveness towards someone, I want you to come on this side. Any unforgiveness? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Okay, if the deacons could come forward. just want to come alongside and pray with you all tonight. We thank You, Jesus. Those of you who are in your chairs, if you could just begin to pray. Pray for a spirit of freedom. Pray the Holy Spirit would come and release truth. Pray for the power of the cross to be released. Pray that the works of the devil would be destroyed, would be demolished in the name of Jesus.